Hello and welcome back to Critical Consideration, your seasonal source for all things awards in cinema. I am Vaughn and with me this week is my good friend and fellow critic Calvin. Calvin, how you doing? Um, we just stopped talking to each other so I probably know already but... Well, don't call me a supporting lead. I decided that I am um, a co-lead performance in uh, in this podcast now. I've uh, decided <laughs> All right, to retake. stepping up. <laughs> I know it's been three minutes since I last signed off as a supporting <laughs> actor, but uh, in those three minutes, I've thought a lot about um, my stakes in the website and, uh, and and really how much I've put into it. I've written hundreds of articles here. I feel like I need to like retake my stake in the show and become a lead okay, actor. Okay, that makes sense. Again. Um no. Editor-in-chief uh, should be the lead, I think. <laughs> uh, a co- co-lead, a two-lead performance. All right. Do you think that, that sinks your award campaign when you're like, there are two leads in a film? Don't you think that like divides the voting base? Oh, absolutely. I think that's, yeah, that's got to be tough when you've got two, especially two really strong lead performances. I mean, we kind of talked about last week, like Cody Smith-McPhee and Benedict Cumberbatch in Power of the Dog, and it's like, those are really two lead performances, but you know you kind of have to put them into different categories just to get some better consideration for them. Yeah, when we talked all the way back last week, we also talked about uh, gendering, <laughs> and I think uh, one of the key problems would be how would you divide the like you have two lead actors, one's a woman usually, and one's a man, and like if yeah. you're submitting them, you're not submitting two men as leads. I think that that gender split just allows you to do two actors in a way that you're not able to if you define if you combine the roles but um uh right i just say expand the category however much you need to um allow you know 10 15 nominees and see what happens uh but yeah, but yeah. no certainly but it would ruin the campaigning wouldn't it if you could just uh if you have to focus on one actor um that would make it harder yeah yeah the uh the mechanics of, of hollywood are always interesting like that it becomes such a there's such a game to it which is quite unfortunate at times because it, it shouldn't have to be but it shouldn't it's the way it is um so uh yeah we're we're getting into the uh late stages of the show this is our second to last episode um, yeah just one more after this incredible uh what an incredible run just uh well we're sure to be yeah it's nominated. been it's been so great to kind of get through this stuff <laughs> Um, um, the podcasting guild should smile favorably on our eight episode run, <laughs> not staying in too long, which I think there's a quad quality that they like in the podcasting game. Um, get in I and out, so. uh, uh, say your words and turn off the microphone it is sometimes, uh, leave the studio behind, and, um, you know, come back, uh, next year. Uh, I, I would like to continue this the next year as we, uh, um, get more, <laughs> for your consideration stuff in and yeah uh, absolutely it's been a helpful way for me to figure out what to do with the material without overwhelming myself by watching things that i don't end up doing anything with um, <laughs> right because there yeah. are some years it's, it's very helpful to talk through the stuff some years you just have a stack of stuff and you watch half of it and you're like okay i can't vote for that half um right this gives us a platform at least to go through it and kind of like a um, hash out uh basically the award season trends and what's happening with the yeah a few recent movies uh vaughn what have you been watching uh, now that i'm a co-lead i get to do this kind of thing <laughs> okay no i like it I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about it um I'll, I'll briefly get it out of the way because i don't have a whole lot to say about it um ironically um but i, I watched she said today um i was 
shockingly disappointed in it. I mean, I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it, and I don't see it in a whole lot of conversations for award stuff anyway. I think it's kind of come and gone already very quickly. Um, but I just think there's there's very little there. I mean, it's trying to do something um, kind of similar to Spotlight a few years ago. Um, Spotlight, which is a movie that I, I like quite a lot, but I, I just feel like even despite the subject matter, there's there's an, a weird sort of lack of urgency to it. I don't feel like it's presenting it in the way that it should be presented. It kind of feels... I don't know, it's like, it's so contemporary and it's talking about things that are happening very currently, but it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like it's giving it the the importance and the weight that it needs. It's surprising because it feels like it's one currency is its um, contemporary currency. Um, it, yeah. it feels like that's the one thing it has to work with is the, um, the contemporary events of it all, like the Weinstein of it all. The, the yeah, it's, I mean, it's... That. Is it about that or is it about the reporting about that? It, it's about the reporting about that, okay. which is kind of why it ends up not being quite what it should be is it's like i i do feel like it it's not that it's not worth talking about because it absolutely is and it should be and the existence of it and the subject matter is very important but i don't think the film does enough with it which is kind of the the disappointing thing it feels like kind of i don't want to say like there, there's nothing behind it because there's clearly you know i i think there's there's something there but it, it feels like that thing where it's just like kind of that award season kind of movie where it's just kind of written and it's like we're going to do a spotlight thing about this thing and then they kind of manufacture all these parts of it but it doesn't feel like it has the the real passion and drive behind the filmmaking um on the issue itself wasn't there a big push what was the uh how was the score it it has a good score attached right i feel like that's one of the pushes uh i mean it's fine it's not one that stood out to me a ton um i wouldn't say it's bad but I don't think I would put it into my conversation personally, but I also think very specifically about that stuff in a way that other people don't. So okay, it's, I might just I might just be on a different wavelength with it. It's Nicholas Bertel. He did like the Succession score, and um, people really like like Bertel, so I could see him at least okay. chewing into nomination. Um, I'd be actually yeah, no, that makes sense. Surprised because uh, I don't feel like it's anyone's favorite film, but this is another point where I'm yeah. focused on the gamification of award season and, and right. you're like just entering here. But for me, it's like, okay, Oscars use preferential ballots. So that means if, you know, say half the voting body decides that she said is a um, social currency thing that they need to honor on their list because of the Me Too and the uh, kind of right. women first movement of what's happening in Hollywood, then half of them put it at the bottom of their list and it makes it in effectively so. yeah and it's i mean it's kind of it's interesting because it feels like it's a film that i would want to sort of champion and support in theory and being about that and i have no problem with you know the sort of social currency thing going to the forefront of it that's totally fine with me but i want the film to be doing so much more than it is if that's what it's going to be so i like i did for me it doesn't do that so i would be kind of disappointed if it ended up being at the top this year, but I don't imagine that it will be because it seems like it's just already left the the general consciousness. Well, um, that's what she said is all about. Um, <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> more oh, women God. talking. Uh, <laughs> <the> <laughs> oh, what, what, 
What have you seen this week, Calvin? What have I seen? Or this last three minutes? What have you watched in this last five minutes? <laughs> in the last five minutes. I've uh, had a yeah. very productive five minutes. I watched uh, Naval Me, the um, HBO documentary, uh, which I missed at SIF and was intending to watch about, uh, um, <laughs> well, kind of like a dissident in Russia who's like fighting against Putin, very vocal critic of him, uh, who gets okay. poisoned. Yeah. Um, uh, something's like slipped into his drinks or maybe his clothes and maybe he has to like go through all this stuff to like find out like where the poison came from like who put his poison in his drinks and um oh, okay they like end up finding this cabal of people who are kind of conspiratorially like working against him and um they had they had to the same place uh so they start mapping these guys with like their campaign manager. They're like going into hiding for a while because he had just been poisoned, nearly died on a plane, and he's just like being held in safekeeping for a bit. Um, and he's like calling these guys, and he's like, "What if we prank call them? What if I pretend to be someone who's <laughs> on like the side of Putin?" And I'm like, "What went wrong with poisoning naval me?" And uh, uh, so he like prank calls these guys, and the first three recognize his voice. They're like, "No, no, we're not." We're not talking to you. We know who you are. But uh, the fourth guy he calls is a chemical engineer. And uh, the guy oh, is wow. so caught off guard and uh, wants to um, support his position so badly that he goes into the specifics on how they poisoned him uh, on the phone with the guy he poisoned. Oh, wow. Um, which is just... I guess I should check this out. No, it sounds it sounds very interesting. Which is just like, yeah, I guess uh, watch it just for this like, moment in the documentary that's just so incredible of him interrogating the guy on the phone about poisoning him and and getting details about how they like put the poison in his underwear and and what they had to do to go clean it oh, afterwards wow. um sometimes it yeah sometimes it's like there is just like that one moment in a documentary yeah. that really sells the whole thing i think of like the biggest one i ever saw was like the act of killing where the guy had to like replay like the murders on like the um killing fields and uh everyone he uh murdered for the government or just like his uh um paramilitary troop that he had um and he uh was he starts like choking and coughing after he plays out the murders and uh, he looks at the camera and you could tell like from his eyes like all the humanities like sunk out of him and he realized like the devastating yeah. like moral cost of, like what he's done um there are moments like that in documentaries that just like make a movie yeah. and they kind of stick with you and i think this has at least that one um it doesn't have a lot else though <laughs> um <laughs> well that's unfortunate but i mean a lot happens uh i mean unfortunately things happen to naval need that i mean he, he doesn't die i guess to spoil it uh, uh, <laughs> but, but you know there there are problems with fighting like russia on that level um they're going yeah, to do things certainly. to uh, make sure that you don't I, I guess i'd say that right uh, They'll do things to ensure they stay in power if you uh, become a very popular figure. And I have uh, larger questions about Naval Me because he's uh, exposed as like a um, a nationalist Russian thinker. And to me, it's just another shade of the same thing. He uh, kind of oh, okay. yeah, no, makes sense. Like videotaped like hanging out with like these Nazis who are kind of like far right guys. Oh wow, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not Nazis, but we call them fascists, I suppose. Just just total nationalist first guys uh russia right. first and uh to me it's just like yeah but what if your opposition is the same thing is it really 
Yeah. I mean, is he a no, hero or is he just like a martyr for a uh, a system that is equally as <laughs> as bad as his own ideas? Um, yeah. So I kind of struggle with like the broad praise of Naval Me as like a film, but um, but it does have that moment that's really interesting. Well, I am certainly very interested to check that out now. Would you put that into your documentary consideration? No, no I think it's just outside. It possibly, okay. possibly in last, but that, no, I think it's just outside it. Um, but I've watched so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think that we both watched um, a document, another documentary this week um, that we can talk about, which is Senior. Okay, yeah, uh, you saw Senior as well. Yeah, I think Senior's great. Um, I was, and it's interesting because I feel like I mean it's another Netflix release, and it seems like Netflix doesn't really care about it. And yeah, they don't. I think one of the one of the stronger documentaries this year. So I wonder why. I wonder why they don't care about this one. And it seems like such an easy thing to sell to have you know a movie where Robert Downey Jr. is one of the primary people in it. I mean, he seems like such a bankable person at this point that they would be able to sell that more. But I think generation generationally excuse me like in the oscars like voting board too you're kind of like getting into like the people like paul thomas anderson and like the classic guys who have been around for 20 years who all look up to see right and you're also getting into like i mean you're like looking at their nostalgia and uh, them making their movies on the cheap to begin with and like the whole like corman production group like yeah i feel like there would be a big nostalgic voting block ready for it but also yeah people who are just familiar with robert Downey jr and marvel and everything yeah and i mean i feel like it's it's very much to me in conversation with what has seemed like a very big thematic thing this year you know we talked we've talked a lot about like kind of movies about movies mm-hmm. and it seems like there's so many of those this year and this is kind of the same thing where it's like reflecting on the history of of cinema as a medium and these two people's experiences with it as father and son and director and actor and all Have that you watch it's such an interesting any... film uh senior movies no i haven't i mean i've always wanted to but just like one of those things that i haven't quite gotten to yet but this is watching this was definitely i didn't feel like i was missing out by not having intimate knowledge of his films but i also felt like it really pushed me to now i really want to work through some of his filmography um i feel like maybe the only thing i'm missing by also not seeing it is the possibility that it's kind of Maybe there's some meta thing, or it feels like sometimes it's maybe shot like a, a senior film looks like it is in the clips, or uh, maybe it it's kind of embodying something as films do. I don't quite know what they are, so I, I wonder if I'm missing right. another layer here because the documentary is yeah, doing, no, that's a good point. It is doing three things, I think at least. Um, it's it's yeah. telling their relationship just like in a dramatic like way of like, uh, here's my father's story and here's what um he meant to me but also let me discover something about him but also it's playing on the meta layer of let me create a film with my father who's also in show business and created films and let me make him a part of creating something once again while he's suffering from parkinson's and then there's the third layer which is like the um um like the noah bombback like a a diploma doc which is like let's look at this guy's career and uh leave a lasting tribute to him at the end yeah, no, I, I think it all comes together really well. It was such an interesting film. And, like, to have Senior, like, in the movie, like, I don't care about having a documentary <laughs> made about me, but if you'll give me some money to, like, just fuck around to make a movie, then I'll do yeah. that. And it kind of 
it, it lets him make his own thing in the middle of it which it's really great to like see him like in that mode and sort of flexing his creativity in the at near the uh, the end of his life even with some marvel ambivalence i'm also a big fan of downey jr is just like an advocate for re- recovery and like an example of someone yeah. that could come out the other side and just like totally have a different life like a um, just such a, a a big difference i was gonna say a stark difference but it sounded like a bad pun um like a tony stark <laughs> difference unintentional yeah, i don't want to have that kind of pun in the podcast so uh let's say fair yeah, enough let's say a stark difference from what it was uh, like before um just becoming like one of the most successful bankable actors uh after right. being you know out on drugs and and not having even that possibility to show up like that in life uh, that inspires me in a way that you know the the actual text of the marvel movies never would do but no i mean i mean it makes sense and i think that even though it's a movie about senior like there's quite a lot of junior in there too mm-hmm. and it does talk quite a lot about like you know i think his him being so ingrained in that industry and like a lot of that stuff being so normalized and that kind of leading to some of his his issues and his own process to get through that um is also like an important part of the film which i thought was was really great i guess I left out a fourth possible layer that it's a therapy movie, like uh, about him. No, yeah, very much so. With his youth and like, why do you give me so much weed as a child? And uh, yeah, and my dad doesn't listen to the show, but I felt that about like my dad. I'm like, why do you let me do all these drugs and things? Like, um, I I understand that uh, that therapy angle and that need to kind of like divulge that and like get into that right. video before you no longer have the opportunity and having to do that like with some of my family like. Uh, what what is the enabling about or why did you put that on your children it's right that's a that's a fascinating yeah, it's, thing it's very honest about all of it like even in a way that i feel like sometimes documentaries don't quite accomplish like mm-hmm. there, there's a natural way that it's presented that that other documentaries don't quite get to but it's kind of like the way that it documents sort of like his struggle of trying to get this stuff out of his father and like even though he has this excuse of a documentary and it feels like sometimes you just have a documentary and it's just there and everyone's super honest but it's like this is like he has to kind of fight to get any of that information out of him it's careful too it's not like metallic is some kind of monster like it's not like a therapy jerk off session about like here's our like (laughs) yeah therapeutic development and um and my you know five week break from rehab while i went and record an album it's not like that at all it's uh, uh, a little bit more honest i think and a little bit more in touch with yeah i think so uh, yeah i i liked it too i think this will make my documentary list yeah me too i mean i think even just this conversation like i i've come out of this just liking it even a little bit more so i think i'll i'll certainly be considering it for that category me too i feel very fond of the movie now um even more than when i was watching it uh seniors a good movie um i wonder if yeah. uh, uh, as comes up in the movie i wonder if it needed a better title <laughs> he's like you're gonna call it senior um but uh yeah like he laughs at the title and then the title card right. comes up which is a funny gag but it's also like yeah maybe it's a tough one to sell to anybody else like watch this movie called senior right. and i told <laughs> jess i'm like okay let's let's put on seniors so she like gets the apple remote she's like senior i'm like that's not going to come out you have to you have to say sr into the remote she's like okay sr <laughs> dot and i'm like okay uh, maybe that's also like a findability problem yeah. or like a google problem right like uh type senior you're going to get a list of like a, a notable senior before you get the senior movie yeah um, 
it's bad SEO. Yeah, I yeah, agree. <laughs> I think it's really bad SEO work. And uh, if that were a category, bad SEO, I think senior would be like in my top five. Also, <laughs> um, I was very touched. Yeah, it by does it. need a better uh, title. There were a few times I felt very moved and emotional. Uh, yeah, me too. I want to watch uh, um, uh, seniors work, so I think it accomplished multiple things. Yeah, definitely. I will certainly be going through it. And he's got a couple of his earlier films are very short, so it'll be, I think, easy for me to jump into in the the coming days when I'm busy. Um, I feel. What else do you? I have? feel like we've done enough on it, but uh, something in the dirt um, continues to be interesting and also um, expansive of how we look at documentaries and how they're filmed and and how things are manipulated. And uh, um, I'm about to listen to your guys podcasting so um i might just leave it at that fair enough yeah we we have certainly covered it a lot by the time that this is yeah. out um it'll, it's an older episode now but yeah you can listen to on the bones and all episode of i'm thinking of spoiling things Stephen and i talk at length about something in the dirt which is one of our favorites of is the there year. a reason you went with bones and all as the as the episode there instead of something in the dirt uh well it's partially <laughs> to kind of just uh, digress and, and talk about something else it's like partially um trying to figure out the the format of it because it previously it was like we had quicker thing quicker blurbs that we could kind of all lump into our little grab bag segment and now it's like we end up having multiple movies that we want to talk about at length um but that makes it harder to title an episode so i just kind of have continued to choose kind of one main movie to center it around um well i've i've mostly it was like i figured more people have seen both okay, yeah and i feel like our something in the dirt coverage is expansive or can continue to be expansive in a way that we're probably yeah. never talking about bones and all after this episode again um <laughs> yeah you're probably right um, i mean you liked it but uh maybe you'll bring it up next episode but uh it'll come up at least once more here i believe <laughs> i think okay. so um with that uh did you have anything else did you watch anything else these last five minutes or uh no no that's it that's all i that's all i only got through two movies in the last five okay. minutes well that's so impressive pretty low numbers <laughs> that's impressive <laughs> on its own right um plenty more to watch for me i have uh um the day of our recording i'm going to avatar tomorrow so uh um, I know it will be a few weeks out for me of seen, having seen it, but uh, my review will be on the site now, and uh, I really do stand by what I say about um, uh, what, what would be a crazy thing for me to have said about Avatar. Um, I, I think all films should be, <laughs> when I said in the review, I think all films should be filmed underwater, I really meant that about um, the future of filmmaking. You think more films should have different frame rates in the same shot? Now? Yeah, I, I, I just I, I'd like every character to be moving at a different frame rate. Um, like uh, new experimental film, I guess. <laughs> like John Godard said, like a cinema is just a life moving at multiple different frames per second. Um, twenty four frames. That's per a second that's a great quote. Forty eight frames per second. It's, it, <laughs> it's uh, uh, fucking with the uh, quote of a, a man who's recently died and can no longer defend himself, um, which is a great thing to do. Uh, read my uh, Avatar uh, review for more uh, false quotes of uh, Hollywood directors. I think I filled <laughs> it with a few from Orson Welles and what what he would have thought. I reviewed it as Orson Welles and what he would have thought about James Cameron. <laughs> um, so that was an interesting approach. Um, 
Well, that will be interesting to go back to this. <laughs> go read Calvin's review and then let us know how close it is to what he says that it's going yeah. to be. Um, by the time we record our next episode, we will have up-to-date Avatar takes. So. What if this is the F for fake of Avatar reviews and and there's a, a subversive <laughs> third level? I mean, I'd like to see that, the, sure. Oh, what's happening here? Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to yeah Avatar 3, Titanic 2, whatever other sequels. Um, James Cameron, <laughs> as I said, is the master of sequels, and I'd like to see Titanic 2 right away. All right. Well, Titanic two. I don't know how to. I don't know how to segue that into best actor. Well, uh, I mean, didn't Leo? Talk about did best did actor. Leo win best best actor? Probably for Titanic. Uh, I would say probably, but I don't know. Um, I'm yeah. I don't know I about mean, past Oscar wins. He like proclaimed that himself to be like well. king of the world, right? Like that must. Well, I guess like some he must not have because his. His first, uh, it was a big deal when he got his first best uh, actor for The Revenant, right? So I guess he didn't win for Titanic. What a shame. Um, maybe that's good. I don't remember if that was like the like the blowout part of like Titanic, or it's just like people were like, "Wow, it really looked like that ship sank, huh?" <laughs> I think it's probably the okay. latter. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, read my Avatar two review for where I mentioned the uh, recreation of the Titanic sinking again. I don't know where we is, how we got here. Um, I don't I don't really know either, but it sounds like you are going to write a hell of a review, <laughs> a hell of a review on a movie you haven't seen yet. <laughs> so I hope it lives up I'm to very excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about best leading actor. Okay. Uh, um. <laughs> um. Last year, twenty twenty one. Uh, Seattle Film Critics Society gave it to Nicolas Cage in Pig, and the Oscars gave it to Will Smith in King Richard. Which, uh, um, one of those I think is great, and one of those I do not think is great. There's so. very little fallout around either. No uh, developing stories after uh, Will Smith won his Oscar, so that's good. Everything <laughs> went uh, smoothly. Um, <laughs> very smoothly after that. He's up again uh, for Emancipation, which I don't think many people have seen. I didn't see yet. No, I don't think so. It seems like such a late entry that I'm not sure there's going to be much um, buzz around that. And I haven't heard really anything too positive either, so I'm not sure if I'll end up actually checking it and out. And he's not allowed to go for um, 10 yeah. years to the Oscars, so um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a I recovery think, film. And then the next one, I think, we'll see. Yeah, I think even if he had a really knockout performance, I wonder if it would end up on any list this year, I think. <laughs> especially the oscars i think would be like yeah we're not gonna put him on any lists right Nicolas now Nicolas cage meanwhile was in two movies um uh the unbearable weight the massive talent and then one other that i've forgotten uh something field uh i don't know if i know okay. off the top yeah of my head. but he was in a um uh neither of those are on my list um yeah no i i he's not very good this year in anything um i like unhinged nicholas kate imaginary nicholas cage in unbearable way to massive talent but um nothing that comes close to his performance in pig which i think is phenomenal i think it's maybe my favorite of his although i have a real soft spot for the weatherman just something between my dad and i maybe and another film about like processing oh, okay. dads and uh like like senior yeah nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah. yeah um that's a really heavy one <laughs> um, uh I don't know where to start with best actor. Like my list is really unseemly right now. Um. Well, I'll start then. 
um, by mentioning Brandon Fraser in The Whale as Charlie, um, which I think because he's kind of at the top of all of the lists and you haven't seen it yet, I'll just kind of briefly mention it myself. But um, even though I do have kind of mixed thoughts on the film as a whole, um, most of my mixed thoughts are, you know, I think direction and screenplay focused. And I think that Fraser's performance is is really really outstanding Hmm. um he really does stand out in that film it's 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 a hell of a performance so I think he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation this year um I have uh uh Tim Chalamet I don't know why I wrote Tim Tim Chalamet I've never seen it written Tim I I don't know why I put that into my phone but um I went down to write Tim Chalamet and Bones and all because I think he's the thing in that movie. Um, and I think his work with Guadino is really interesting. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't have him on my list. I do like that movie. I don't know if that like performance like stands out to me as one of the best of the year. But I mean, I don't have anything against Timothy Chalamet or Tim Chalamet, <laughs> as I guess I'm going to call him from now on. Well, <laughs> Robert Zombie and Tim Chalamet. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tim Chalamet. What a thing. Um Another one I could just delete, uh, well, maybe, uh, Wes Studi in uh, A Love Song, uh, which is just a, a story about older generations kind of like meeting in Montana and like uh, at a at an okay. RV, uh, another um, uh, hashtag RV life, uh, van life, <laughs> hashtag van life movie, much like uh, Nomadland from two years ago. Um, but I, I just think uh, West Studi is so interesting. It's just kind of like his craggy face and like his history as a supporting actor predominantly. Uh, him kind of okay. getting his very yeah. rare career chance to be in the center of a movie that nobody really saw. But um, I quietly like the movie. I, I don't think it's extraordinary. But uh, the thing I really like about it is West Studi and like, like how it frames his face oh, and, great, and yeah. how affectionate it is of like... Um, these kind of careers in Hollywood where someone's just like on the right. periphery their entire life. Um, uh, that's another kind of reclamation, kind of like the everything of we're all at once thing where it's like, um, you know, maybe yeah. this guy has always got his shot, but it's always been on the side. And um, maybe it's worth just framing someone in the center of a movie. Finally, I, I thought it was a beautiful way to, to show him. No, I mean, that's great when you have like, you can have something that's like a, a smaller film or like an indie performance that really stands out to you, even if the the film as a whole isn't getting quite as much attention. And I never get to see a Native American actor who's the lead of a romantic uh, uh, film. Um, usually, when it's yeah, no, a film rare. about old romances, it's a very white movie. Typically, if not, it's a Tyler Perry yeah. movie, and if not, it's definitely not a Native <laughs> American um, and uh, a movie. So I I appreciate seeing West Duty at the center of a a romance and. Uh, um, the more I think about this film, I think uh, I think maybe I've undervalued it overall because I, I feel very warm about a love song the, the longer I sit and think about it. Um, yeah, it's always interesting at the end of the year when you have to like kind of look back on your on your list. Like I, I keep looking at my list and it's like I don't want to spend too much time, you know, deliberating over all of the, the placements of just my, my list on the for the year as a whole. But it's like. I, I always wonder like how much of this is just like the you know like the whole recency thing and yeah do i need to go back like after it's all over and be like how what's actually stuck with me and, of course and what we is do actually yeah. <laughs> the most important things i'm gonna move west studio up just because i like the idea of putting uh, how often do i get to put a native american actor that i enjoy in my top five uh, yeah absolutely he's going to be locked into my fifth place i believe so that's fine 
Uh, anyone you have here? Uh, yeah, uh, I also have Viggo Mortensen as Saul Tenser in Crimes of the Future, which I think is is a really excellent um, performance and also one of my favorite character names of the year. <laughs> I love Cronenberg character names. Saul Tenser is a great one. Saul Tenser is good. I um, have him as well. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, Viggo's great. Yeah. I think he's always great in Cronenberg films. So Yeah, and I, I like seeing him go back to Cronenberg and doing this kind of work after you know some recent movies. And, uh, I think it's important to recenter. Um what he could really do um yeah and it's like uh, this being such like a reflection for cronenberg like on his his kind of career as a whole it feels like it's nice to have one of his familiar like favorite actors like at the center of it um who has worked with him before and kind of understands the uh the whole cronenberg thing i just deleted four other names from my list because my list was too long <laughs> um, uh... <laughs> all right well fair enough I don't know quite where to go with this, but I do have Tom Cruise in here for Top Gun, and I don't know if it's really an acting award or if I'm just like, God, he really does some... Uh, where do I put him, though? I, um, it's interesting. I feel like I've never thought of... like I, Not that I think that he's a bad actor, but I've also never thought of him as like... Actor. A great act like he's like he just has presence, and that's really that all it is. Mm-hmm. Like He's just... He is such a figure and it's like he's in a movie and he really sells exactly what he's doing and it's i mean obviously it all is the performance and he knows how to make it he knows how to make it very physical but i never think of it as like oh that's one of the strongest performances of the year i think just because he's typically not like he doesn't have like super nuanced emotion typically or anything like that but he's good at what he does i just thought about like this year uh, a lot of the conversation was how like the handoff between paul newman and tom cruise and the color of money uh scorsese like kind of remaking that old um billiards picture about like a, a okay just this guy playing pool but he's like this hot shot and then uh, uh tom cruise gets to like play under him once he's an adult and that <laughs> i think recentered tom cruise as a generational actor who can lead a hollywood yeah. film when there aren't any more stars I think just the fact that he may be, um, the storyline is that he's our only star remaining. And, um, it does feel like that. Yeah. And I don't think that's invaluable. I think that might be incredibly valuable going into two more emission impossibles and the, uh, cinemas, yeah. uh, cinema without top gun this year. I don't, I don't think I'd be optimistic about it. Um, about uh its place yeah. in our culture if we didn't have top gun uh i think i'd be very negative right now yeah it's almost weird to think about like maverick as a film like it it i don't know it's weird to think back on it i mean think back on it as in just a few short months ago yeah. but it's like it becoming such a huge phenomenon it's like now one of the highest grossing at least domestically if not worldwide and it's such an interesting thing. It's what, well, yeah. Where would we be this year without that? Um, you know, regardless of of how anyone might feel about the film itself, like it's it's certainly an important cultural touchstone for this year and, and re- the return of cinema. I think if it went like Tenet, I think we'd be having a very different conversation about the future of uh, yeah. movie theaters. Um, <laughs> right. So I think Tom Cruise uh, also uh, being awarded by the Producing Guild. I think. Uh, another case where not quite gamifying but just realizing that that is a live boat um and that tom cruise is likely to make a cut of five just because i think uh of what he stands for now um 
No, that yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, that's tough. I have to make tough cuts here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I have a very str- I have a strong idea of what's at the top of your list. Okay, I have um, a... But we'll we'll go through the rest before there. Um, yeah, who else? Uh, do you one have? that I could cut pretty easily, but we both enjoy. So I wanted to know it was Cooper Rafe in uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth. Um, just because I don't think he has the votes, and I think he's charming, and I, I like yeah, the it's movie. it's not. It's not quite up there for me, but I, I do like him quite a lot. Um, him just kind of making movies to figure himself out, I think, is a very interesting kind of way of his formation as a filmmaker. I'm, I'm quite interested in him at all times. Um, I'm moving down uh, Diego Calva, who I thought was just so interesting in Babylon, and I think will spark yeah on my list as I think well. Will spark a, a bigger career for him. Um, yeah, I I really I I didn't really expected i mean also because i think it's it's been such a tough movie for them to market and the movie doesn't really know who to posit as the lead (laughs) yeah um so like going into it not quite knowing how it was going to choose a central character but like he is such a great center of that film and he really he really sells all that i think maybe he just wasn't marketable yet but i think he should be after the movie if the movie goes the way it should um Diego Calva should get more a lot. He'll get a lot more work out of it, even if it's a resume film for him. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, it will probably always be like you have your MDiv like four you're known for. I think uh, Babylon will right. always be in his top four if things go the right way. Um, no, certainly, yeah. Because will be very interesting to see the the wider response and then maybe the longevity of Babylon. Yeah, I think is Manny here. I mean, is one of my favorite characters I have on the list. Um, I, yeah i think so too yeah he's he's it's it's such a great character and again just like not knowing quite what to expect from that film and like kind of figuring out what it was about as it went along like he becomes such a fully formed person in that movie okay maybe i remove Cruz and put up a diego because that just feels like a better pick <laughs> and, and Cruz will make it without me um yeah it feels more fun to support a hispanic actor. yeah i agree okay Cruz is off the list and uh i think my top two are pretty obvious um yeah okay. go for it <laughs> uh paul mescal <laughs> and after son uh just the most gorgeous moving okay male yeah, performance yeah. of the year just uh, drove me to tears the entire movie and um just uh, i guess relatable as well in a in a sad way i guess but uh, parenthood yeah parenthood does some things to a motherfucker <laughs> if you're like uh just watching <laughs> him like kind of suffer through it and uh um, yeah, it makes sense. Just from his daughter's eyes, it really broke me this year. But right. I think uh, maybe that's my first. But I have a, I have Colin Farrell in first. Just as my favorite, I mean, character of of the last several years. Right. So I, I can't really deny what he did in Banshees. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, I almost was looking at it, and I was like, I could almost have Colin Farrell on this list twice because he's an after gang as well, and I think just as fantastic there, but. Banshees of Inisherin feels so much more focused on him and his performance, and I think that's a more worthwhile one to to put up. And it also just seems like after Yang has kind of left the yeah the conversation. I don't in general, think so. Which is unfortunate because I, I, I think love it, it could but... be around in in some quantities, but uh, between us, I think we have it uh, <laughs> on a lot of quantities on our list. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's very much true. like Colin Farrell, um, who, as you say, you could have an after Yang in uh, a best uh, lead. Or uh, what would you say? Yeah. Would you call him a lead? I'd call him a lead. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he's the okay. I think he's the lead in that. So film. and also in Banshees of Inisherin, and then you could have him in supporting in uh, Batman. Yeah, that's and true. And you could have him in supporting in Thirteen Lives. So a uh, busy year for Colin oh, Farrell. Wow. Yeah, busy year for four him. movies. So uh, that's what he <laughs> did during the pandemic. Um, Working hard. Yeah, I think Paul Mescal's um, my choice though. I'm moving him up, Colin down, then Vigo, West okay. Duty. Uh, Diego Calva. I think it's a very diverse, interesting list, actually. Yeah, no, I think there's, there's, I, I did struggle putting together my supporting lists, but I, I felt like there was a lot of strong stuff in the lead categories for both actor and actress. Um, and I still haven't watched After Sun, which feels like a joke <laughs> at this point, but I swear it's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's just, it's completely unintentional. Um, if I don't get to it this week, I'll never get to it. So I really need to watch it. Will you just point. watch it? I need to have it. It needs episode. to be part of my conversation. Yeah, it needs to be. Okay. It needs to be something that I've seen for that one. Just so. because, like, it's all lead up now, and like, what did we do this for? What What was this bit that you haven't watched after? So I do believe it's. A bit. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not a bit. I promise. It's becoming. It's, <laughs> it's a bit, whether you've chosen it or not. I think now. You're right. Like, no, like you're this absolutely reoccurring. Right. Not watching it, uh, <laughs> like on our. Well, this is our seventh week of the show, <laughs> where I brought it up every yeah. single week, and, and I've assumed you watched it, and uh, <laughs> at least the first five weeks, I thought you had watched it, and you just weren't, like, listing it yet, <laughs> and then suddenly I realized, like, you weren't listing it anywhere, and I was like, uh, Vaughn, what's up with the, like, the after sun hate, <laughs> dude, like, it's, uh, it's obviously, should be in every category on the list, along with EO. I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm gonna come flying in next week at the beginning of the show and tell you that it deserves to be in every category, so just get ready for that, it'll be there. If, if you come and you've always seen, like, Avatar, and you put, like, Avatar above, like, after sun, I, I don't know, I mean, we should just... It's my last week to watch yeah. stuff, so it's it's it has to be my focus. I have no other choice. It's I'll be catching up on everything that I'm missing. <laughs> if you don't, I guess, or at least to the best of my if ability. If you don't watch After Sun, we'll end the show for the year. How's that? <laughs> okay, that okay. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense to me. Uh, best actress. The bit has to pay off at some point. Uh, um, there are a lot of uh, yeah, best actress. Uh, a very strong movement, I think, for women in film to maybe be the most prominent choices. I think uh, looking at the men's list, I'm like, those are really strong, diverse, and. Uh, a really beautiful list of guys there but uh looking at the women i'm like these are the most dominant performances of the year yeah i mean like if we if we do what we talked about earlier and we're not delineating between actor and actress mm -hmm. and it was it was just one category i think that the women would be all at the top of this one i think i would have only kept paul metzgill and colin farrell in my list i think i would have dropped <laughs> unfortunately vigo wes and diego but we don't have to do that this year. Yeah, we're not there and yet. And we um, should just expand the categories and, and make it even. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, Soft right. suggestion, make it even. Um, yeah, so I'm very curious what you've got, but I will briefly say last year, 2021, Seattle Film Critics Society, Kristen Stewart and Spencer, and the Oscars, Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Once <laughs> they again, did. I like one of those performances. <laughs> they did? Okay. Yeah, I guess I, I was kind of shocked to see that myself. It's like also one of those that's just not entirely surprising. Yeah. The Oscars like if you play a real person because that's what performance is to them. Um, they understand that, which I guess you know, which I guess goes for Kristen Stewart as well. But Kristen Stewart's performance was actually worthwhile. So, well, they like the costume and makeup performance most of all. If oh, you could wear a wig yeah. and put on some makeup. They, they, they consider that like the highest form of transformation that you could have. Um, so the Oscars really love that kind of thing. I don't love that kind of thing. Like I, 
I don't think no, I was either. ever. Um, let me make sure. They don't revolve around <laughs> that kind of thing at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm generally uninterested in biopic stuff. I don't think that. I mean, not that they're all bad. There's certainly plenty that I like, mm-hmm. but I generally, even if I like them, it's it's not usually at the top for me because I feel like just recreating real life is not as interesting. Um, should we start with the my, the last one on my list? Yeah, go for Anna it. Anna de Armas and Blonde. Have you seen Blonde? <laughs> okay, I understand. I understand why you said it like that. Now, uh, no, she would not be okay. on my list at all. But that's you know that's fair. Enough. I like seeing a performer like that of a different um, ethnicity. I suppose being able to play like a, a a leading white woman. I think that's interesting to me. Um, no, yeah, I, I do think there's something there. I think I just have too much animosity for the movie as a whole to like appreciate that performance for what it might be. I've already deleted it, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like it's fair uh, mentioning that I appreciated her and not the movie, and not the movie she was asked to do. And I thought, I, I thought there should have been a good. I I want her to lead a movie besides Knives Out. Me too. No, yeah, I I like her a lot as well. So I would like to see uh a much better film with her in the <laughs> and front. i'm hoping blonde doesn't lead to her not leading movies because like i say there's there's so many cases where women just fall into supporting roles that aren't you know that aren't ryan johnson yeah roles. i mean i think even though there's been a lot of critical outcry i think that the general reception maybe actually that, i don't know it's hard mm. to say i want to i want to feel like blonde is maybe more popular than it is i mean i it's terrible, so I don't want it to be popular. Okay. So it's like hard to tell. I don't even think Netflix is pushing that much it. support yeah. for it at all. Yeah, I don't think so. I think so. it's dead. Um, I think it was dead. I think it's a dead movie generally. Um, everything in the movie is yeah. kind of lifeless and and bland and bad. Uh, but but she's good. She's not dead in the movie. Um, she's trying her best. And, uh... Yeah, I wonder like how much that release timing like is is a consideration for someone mm-hmm. like a streamer like netflix like are they putting that out in september or whenever that came out so that they can get a general gist of the general reception and then decide <laughs> retroactively if they want to push it for awards whereas the stuff that they're releasing in december it seems like they just know that they're going to push it even if nobody's quite seen it yet so. yeah probably i feel like that's probably a piece rolling of it. the um, dice yeah uh, do you have like a full list here uh how many do you have um, I have four okay. is what I, I had, like, the strongest ones that I had. Um, I'm sure you'll probably give me a couple more ideas here, but I've got four that I that I felt really good about. I liked Aubrey Plaza and Emily um, the Criminal, but it's not special, so I'll get it. I just like Aubrey Plaza and things. I think Black Bear was her I like her a lot, too. I, Emily the Criminal's been on my list to, uh, to catch before the end of the year as well. I thought Black Bear was probably her best shot at one of these things, and that didn't quite take the way I, it probably could have done. I know it was such a bummer. I felt like that movie was so fantastic. It's at the top of my list for 2020 or whenever that came out. So not a great year mm-hmm. anyway, but um, I think that's such a great film, but it feels like it kind of really flew under the radar. It's, it should be, should be more discussed. It's very unique. It's and awesome. She's in white Lotus now really leading that show, showing that she could be like the center of things. So I think Aubrey Plaza should keep getting lead performances as well. I think so too, um, because she's great. No, she's, and fantastic. she's very funny. Um, then we're really getting into like awards territory where I think uh, um, things I don't have to delete. Um, Go for I it. I have uh, Margot Robbie in Babylon just because it's such a, a wild 
performance. Yeah, me too. Okay, you do too. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I she's just, like, magnetic in that movie. I mean, I think she's always, always does such a great job. Like, I always feel like she's kind of working above the call of the film that she's in, like, in the best way. Like, I feel like she's just always standing out. Like, she puts so much effort into being Harley Quinn in a way that I just appreciate so much in those films that I often feel very little about. It even made me um, like yeah, that last just one. Phenomenal yeah, here, the fantabulous Harley Quinn. It, it made me like that film. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think she's always good. Uh, the rest are, are hard to really sort through. I don't know where to rank people. I don't. I don't like ranking. All right. People. Well, let's let's see. Let's see. <laughs> it's it's tough. Uh, what else? What else do you have? Let's see if they match up with with mine okay, as well. Okay. My next one's Mia Goth and Pearl. Yep, me as well. I also have Mia Goth in, in Pearl, which I I mean, mine are also unordered okay. at the moment, but I would I would put that above Margot Robbie. I think personally, mm-hmm. um, I think Mia Goth is such a such a, such a strong performance there. Um, Pearl is such a great movie, and it works solely because of that performance. Because she's a star. Well, yeah, she absolutely <laughs> is a star. Absolutely a star. <laughs> um, then I have Kate Blanchett and Tar, which just seems pretty cut and dry that has to be on everyone's list yeah yeah me too i i think for me Kate blanchett has to be at okay. the top um i think there's these are all great i mean they're they're pretty close to one another here but i think that performance as, as lydia tar is just like i mean it's the, the film is so focused on her i mean it is entirely that character study and it's like without that performance being as fantastic as it is the film totally falls apart in fact i think i'll move um, her whereas up like mm. Go on there. No, go ahead. Um, so is that you have just one left now, yeah, or you I have two more? Two more, but I've moved down Michelle Yeoh in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once down to third place. Yeah, um, also on my list. Yeah, I think that would probably be be second for me um, behind Kate Blanchett. But yeah, also just phenomenal. I, I really certainly one of the standout performances this year. I think everything, all of the performances, and everything everywhere are, are really great. My, uh, <laughs> my uh, first choice is uh, Frankie Corio and After Sun, <laughs> a movie that you need to see. <laughs> okay. um, it would have been a helpful movie to see for these categories, probably. But <laughs> Apparently, um, I d- because I have it both. I'm really shooting myself on the foot here. I doubt it. Uh, again, this is maybe gamifying the award show, where I'm saying that I need Paul Mescal and Frankie Corio because their relationship meant the most to me of the year that uh they're dynamic um so maybe putting them both in first is me me just like hedging my bets that uh if i do that and enough other people feel that way maybe they both uh could hold a meaningful place i mean i've seen yeah i think i've seen lots of support for both of those performances i think that they're they're certainly in in the conversation i'm just i have no idea why i am incapable of watching this film there's really no reason for it i might be disqualified huh frankie corio is probably a kid <laughs> so um maybe i need to oh yeah, for yeah. the yeah for our, for our youth performance because ours doesn't quite work like the oscars right we have the youth uh set aside for yeah. so maybe i need to even delete my first place and uh congrats to kate blanchett both of our first place winner <laughs> for the category and uh frankie corio of course i already have in best youth performance so um well there you go then I mean, I th- yeah, I, I think that's such a solid list there. Um, 
yeah, some really, really strong lead um, female performances this year. Was there anyone in that I feel in she said that you did add or, or not so much? I feel like I feel like that's in Oscar contention, but it doesn't have to be for us. No, which I yeah, I mean I even aside from me not finding the construction of the film that um, important or meaningful ultimately, like I don't think the performances really stand out to me. It feels like a film that should have much more emotion and weight to it but none of the performances are really doing that much i mean um i'm blanking on her name right now i don't i I had it like two seconds ago and then it left my mind um i'm gonna pull it up instead of saying the wrong name on accident um carrie mulligan carrie mulligan is 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 i mean she's great because she's always great um but i don't feel like it stand it it doesn't like hold a candle to any of the ones that we've talked about okay. here. Um, um, I mean, I'm tempted. I will note. I'm tempted to do a couple no, things. Like there's Dale Dickey, who's on the other side of West Studio in a love song, putting like a woman in, okay. of a certain age in in contention for a romance role is uh, tempting. Emma Thompson also in. Uh, what is it? I I I hate you, Leo Grant. I love you, Leo Grant. Something about Leo Grand, where uh, oh, okay. uh, she hires a young sex worker. Uh, women body positivity at a certain age is a important thing that uh, that's yeah. happening a no, lot it's this a great year. Thing. So, um, I'll put Dale Dickey in for now as my number five, and and see where the year leads me. Well, that no, you got a solid solid list there of five. Um, I was just going to note briefly um, something funny that I was I was noting earlier. Um, Samantha Morton probably the most a a fantastic standout brief performance in she said um that's really notable and samantha morton also a standout terrible performance in the whale that was one of my least favorite parts of the film (laughs) so i think uh, the possibility of michelle williams winning at the oscars is very real and it's one of my least favorite performances of the year so i think uh yeah i think that might happen and i might be because it's the oscars and i don't like it it, that's how it usually works um yeah, I mean, we've talked about both Will Smith and Jessica Chastain winning last year, and it's like neither of those are performances that I feel particularly strongly about at all. But it's like, so it's not going to be surprising to me when Michelle Williams wins that award if she does, um, which feels, like you said, like a very real possibility. But mm-hmm. yeah, not a performance that I care much for. I mean, like, besides Kate Blanchett on my list and Michelle Yeoh, I don't see anyone that will beat <laughs> Michelle Williams, and that worries me. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh at the top of that but list. That means, so I wonder if that means if Michelle Williams will be enough. The there. problem is if a bunch of people vote for Michelle Yeoh, a bunch of people vote for uh, um, Kate no, Blanchett, and then everyone votes for Michelle Williams. That means yeah. that she wins. Yeah, so. no, that's the that's the tough yeah. thing there. Um, that's what worries me. And I don't know. Yeah. I want I want to feel strongly about Michelle Yeoh ending up at the at the top of that one. Like I feel like that's the acceptance speech. I feel like there's a lot there. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like people were were very fond of that performance, and I feel like there's been continued conversation about her and that. And like even though I think um, more removed from the the um, mechanics of Hollywood, I think Kate Blanchett is so easily at the top for me. But um, conversationally if we're talking about the way that the oscars work i think there's i think there's a real enough possibility that michelle Yeoh can take that one all right well um 
we'll be back with a longer episode our last episode um we might come back and do like something about the the oscars i don't you guys did something on spoiling things so maybe you guys will too but um yeah we'll see we might do something uh around oscar season once that comes back up and we can kind of compare what uh what the seattle film critics ended up landing on with that or something like that and then yeah and then hopefully we'll be back next year to talk about more movies and what happens in 2023 but yeah next week will be our final episode to talk about best director and best picture and then i think we'll talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to in 2023 yeah it should be interesting and uh uh, we'll find out what my avatar review really said so uh, (laughs) yeah look forward to calvin's avatar if i mention titanic i feel like i win but i don't i I feel like now i'm just forcing myself to write about titanic 2 in my avatar (laughs) 2 review which is a kind of a that's what happens well i guess we'll everyone will have to tune in and find out what happened to the titanic (laughs) thanks so much Mark. 